What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is November 27th, 2019, the Wednesday Night Wars, Thanksgiving edition, the night before Thanksgiving, as it were. NXT versus AEW Dynamite. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I am joined by Mr. Matt Morgan and Raj Giri, filling in for Justin Labar. And uh, yeah, interesting night tonight, Matt. Who do you think had a better show? AEW. Yeah. Um, and and largely in part it was a good show it was a great show good matches some of them wasn't a fan of uh again the women's direction that they're going in if you look at the rankings tonight you're like oh. um but the chris jericho segment is was incredible incredible yeah i think as a just in ring i thought it was uh nxt tonight um but Again, Jericho, that opening segment, I, the only thing that, that hurt it was the audio being on, you know, uh, they, they were having audio issues with the way they, I don't know if they mic'd it wrong or the, the audio wasn't coming through the mic. It was like, with what? I heard, I heard him. You can hear him, but it, it, it was like muffled. It was like, it wasn't clear. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a direct uh, mic to huh. the, the I didn't have that. Direct. I didn't feel I had that problem. The only thing that was weird. It wasn't weird. It was just, you know, his dad has never probably talked into a mic before. Um, was his dad. You, you couldn't hear parts of it. Like he was talking too low. Yeah. Um, but that on my end, watching it on the screen, that's all I caught. Yeah. I thought, uh, but yeah, to your point, I thought that that was great. And I thought the ending was great with Jericho and Moxley. Uh, NXT, I thought it, uh, I thought it was really good too. I mean, you know, again, a lot of times the, the look of the show, um, makes the difference for me uh just ease you know the ease of visibility the ease to watch it and it, it, the other thing about it is they were in chicago right and we were i was dreading chicago for them thinking like oh my god the city's burnt to the ground as far as you right. know how excited goes what we heard tonight was pretty damn impressive i thought um because again this is a tired fan base for the most part wrestling fans and they were pretty damn loud i thought um and again, the way they kick the show off is super strong, super entertaining. The storylines are frigging gelling now. They're starting to flow. Um, 
and it was good. Even the opening segment, at the end of it, it did what? It got over those baby faces. Yeah. It got over SCU as well. Um, and, you know, that's the important stuff. Sometimes the WWE, the guys would just get heat, and then it'd be entertaining, and the heel ends up getting cheered, and then the thing would be done with. Um, the friendship between him and Kevin Owens, for instance. They were supposed to be heels. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you boo that? You got to cheer it because it was entertaining. Tonight, the fans were starting to cheer a little bit, but then what happened? Who got the bigger reaction as far as pop goes for cheering? The three ba- uh, baby faces that came in and cleaned house as okay. SCU. That was very important de- uh, in detail that I know, Chris, I know for a fact Jericho put that in there. Yeah, I want to take a moment, uh, Matt, your burnt to the ground comment might be a little insensitive. I want to apologize to any victims of the great Chicago fire of 1871 if uh, you misinterpreted Matt's comment as somehow making light of your situation. The fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Society we live in, Matt, we got to just be clear. We got to be very sensitive to things. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I'm in politics now, so I don't even play around with that shit. I'm gonna continue. No, it was just funny for a second. So, like, wasn't there a famous fire in Chicago? Yes, there was. Um, just fifty years ago. But yeah, this Anyhow. was the fifth show in a, in a seven day period between SmackDown, Takeover, uh, Survivor Series, Raw, and and tonight. And to your point, after all that wrestling, they were still able to to uh, be alive, man. Because I'm tired, <laughs> you know, after after the last five nights. With, they were they were hot. Nick, uh, our managing editor, Nick Hausman, went to all five nights, and so he he's there. Ah, uh, I thought the Jericho thing was great tonight, opening Matt, But did it seem to you like too reminiscent of the Festival of Friendship? I mean, sure, we definitely make that connection. Um, I thought, though, again, what I pointed out, the difference here was old school wrestling one on one booking. You can mm. do all that cutesy shit. You could be entertaining as the heel, sure. But there better be a payoff. And they gave them the payoff with the baby faces. Whereas before, that really wouldn't happen with Festival of Friends. It was super entertaining. And we would just cheer for KO and Chris Jericho. We'd be like, this is the best part of the show. And that's all we would say. There that KO be- murdered Jericho at the end of that. Remember? At the end of the storyline. Not in the no, same the, night. That segment. The, the end of Festival of Friendship. Remember, he murdered Jericho. Didn't he do, oh, why do I think that these guys did it like multiple weeks? They did, no, like, no, it was just the one. Stuff in the ring together, grab ass with each other in the ring, like multiple in-ring promos like that, I thought. Well, I mean, they, they had the storyline going, but the Festival of Friendship was just that one night. One night? Okay. Then, yeah. But I thought, I thought this was, <clears throat> to your point, Matt, I thought this was great. Uh, I like the main event, but I thought everything in between was just... Uh, they waste. They put too much time. No offense to the girls again, but they're not showcasing, in my opinion, to the proper girls. And not just that, but you know, Cody time on top of it. Cody being attacked by Braxton Sutter and uh, and uh, good lord, and uh, gosh, I'm forgetting uh, uh, the other guy's name. Um, Yeah, you know, no one knew who they were, even though Braxton Sutter, you know, did have his time in TNA. He he he's he is married to Allie. Uh, they didn't explain if they're playing off the Awesome Kong attacking, you know, Brandy Rhodes attacking Ali. If they're playing off of that, they didn't explain it at all on commentary. I, I, you know, Pac versus, uh, okay, we'll get we'll get to it. Let's go segment by segment and start with a bookend high point of AEW tonight, which was indeed 
Chris Jericho's Thanksgiving thank you celebration, kicking off the show with Jericho and Soul Train Jones in the ring, along with a portrait <laughs> of the inner circle, some goofy mascots dancing outside the ring. On the ramp is a marching band as Jericho, with a title in hand and a little bit of the bubbly, heads into the ring. He's joined by Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, he announces that they're going to be selling officially. They've got a website selling uh, their own champagne at a little, was it a little bit of the bubbly.com? Was that correct? Mm hmm. Um, doing that, there are some gifts. Uh, Sammy Guevara gives him a big standee of Jericho and Sammy. Uh, we get uh, a, the Puerto Rican flag bandana, which was put around Jericho's head. He gets a gift basket with various uh, accoutrements, and uh, he's wondering where Jake Hager is. Jake Hager walks out with an actual goat, Chris Jericho goat, and then inside the box, we get Chris Jericho's dad. Uh, New York Ranger uh, himself, uh, which getting a little bit of heat there, the tide turning from the audience, of course, being a Blackhawks town in Chicago. And yeah, this, uh, as Matt said, this all really built up until we got SEU attacking Jericho out of nowhere. But first, Justin Roberts did come to the ring and read an official thank you letter from AEW and TNT Brass. Jericho decided he didn't like uh, his tone during the reading of it. So Jericho and the inner circle beat Justin Roberts down. Um, and then SCU were disguised as a marching band. They started uh, beating up everyone, clearing out the inner circle and taking out soul train Jones. Kind of taking soul train Jones. Out well, there. can anyone really take him out fully? I mean, there's all kinds of messed up. Um, yeah. Um, it was uh, super entertaining. Like we said, I think we covered it. You know, I, I thought this was super strong. And again, layers to storylines and characters. Sammy Guevara, you can see getting more and more comfortable week by week. He's, he's going to be a star. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter. You know, when I first started watching wrestling, Virgil was a regular on TV. And then 31 years later, and he, he doesn't look that much older than uh, no. <laughs> 31 years ago. And there he is taking bumps. Uh, yeah, I, I love the segment. Um Matt, if you go back and listen to it, the only thing with the audio was that it sounded like how you'd hear it in the arena as opposed to, um, hmm. but I think they fixed it towards the end, but it was a, a Jericho again, the best thing of the show. I'm just surprised because that, that's a, a Keith Mitchell deal. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? For them to be playing that. And I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. But I'd be very surprised because he's really good. Yeah. And this was the only segment i noticed it on it seemed like it was fixed later on with ddp not, and mjf but not the ring noise the uh the mic rolling around under the ring there what's that so if you have really good low end on your home theater system or you listen on headphones to the show which many people do when they're dual screening it you could hear that every time somebody stomped on the ring like an echo it sounded like the ring mic was uh oh. had like this reverb on it it was very distracting during a lot of the matches other people complained about it on Twitter, but I guess it depends entirely on your sound system at home. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I think there's still some production hiccups. I mean, the show is, was this week nine of AEW, but you can definitely see they're still figuring out some things as they go. It was interesting. AEW and NXT both starting off with a long promo. You know, that's very mm -hmm. WWE style. But, yeah. But this was and, more and entertaining, more natural. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, after that, we had the best friends come out to the ring with Orange Cassidy and in a, in a turkey outfit. Couldn't believe it. Uh, getting into the spirit of Thanksgiving, attacked by the Lucha, Lucha Bros on the ramp, Pentagon of Phoenix with stereo uh, super kicks. Uh, once the match started, it was uh, kind of crazy. I mean, just this, I don't know. 
when you saw Orange Cassidy in the turkey outfit, how, as, as someone who is sort of a fan of his career, how do you think you, like you think? It. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I think he'd be too bothered with the energy it would take to put that damn thing on. <laughs> That's his character. Yeah. <laughs> It, and it reminded me because he bears a passing resemblance, but especially in that turkey suit, I was like, "This is Heath Slater. They're making him the, the Heath Eric Slater." Yeah. yeah, we we would always uh, we always give WWE crap with putting the pumpkins on the heads, of, you know, Gallus and Anderson. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they did here. This was lame. Yeah. yeah, they did enough Thanksgiving theme with Jericho stuff. I thought plenty enough, enough to say this is a thanks- night before Thanksgiving episode. You know. Yeah. So this was a relatively quick match and ended up with the best friends winning via pinfall. Which I don't get. I do not get that. Awesome match. I love the match. But, dude, I do, I do not get this. I don't get why Young Bucks and these guys, Lucha Brothers, the two best tag teams in the world, I don't give a sh- I don't care what the record says. They are. And they're the worst teams. Like, they, they right. in there continue to lose. And these guys don't. One of the two looks incredibly good. Um, I watched his dark, his match versus Kenny Omega. What's his name? Um, what's his name? Um, the Tentacon? About no, as <laughs> we're talking about versus Lucha Brothers tonight. Oh, uh, Chuck Best Taylor friend. or uh, no, definitely Frank not Beretta? Chuck Taylor. Yes, him. He's the only one that's presentable. Chuck Taylor is not presentable to me. <laughs> I'm being I'm being honest. He's he's okay, but there's a big discrepancy. There's a big drop off between Trent Beretta and him. And, and and I'm watching Lucha Brothers do the job to him. It doesn't look right to me. I just yeah, I just feel like you got to protect your top guys. When I think of your top teams, it's the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. and and then SCU. Honestly, as far as yes, real star power, and yes. they're beating these guys all. And you know they did the same thing with Pac tonight. If you're going to have everyone at you know fifty fifty with their win loss wins and losses, then what's the point of having you know they waited too record? they waited too long to get like Kenny desperately needed this. Um, but by the same token, well, he desperately needed it because you guys booked it that way over <laughs> yeah. the last few weeks. You guys had him lose. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. Kenny Omega should be freaking undefeated. Moxley should be damn near undefeated. All of them, you know, those two guys should. The two tag teams we just said damn near should. Maybe one loss at most. All right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Pac already had the. I mean, they booked him so strong by having him submit, you know, uh, having him submit Omega earlier this summer and, and, uh, and to book him that strongly beating page and then to just come and lose like two matches this month. It just kind of undoes all that. Definitely does. It's 50, 50. We give WWE crap all the time. And this is short enough between the, it's 50, 50, even just between Omega versus pack. Right. I mean, cause it wasn't that long ago that Omega lost to him. Mm-hmm. It's been close <sighs> enough to where I, it, we can, we can say, yes, this is 50, 50 booking there. Yeah. I just I felt like tonight tonight's episode AEW definitely NXT as well. This felt like a very YouTube highlights show. If you missed mm-hmm. either show this week, except for Jericho's, Jericho segment was good. But you can you go watch, watch that. You can't highlight that. Right. I try I tried to watch it again, and it, it, they screwed up all Soul Man Jones' comments and stuff. Whatever the hell's his name, Soul Train Jones. Yes, yeah, you yeah. got to watch that in its entirety. But the rest of it, you're right. It could have been highlight worthy. Yeah, I, I thought this. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought this was the weakest episode of uh, Dynamite so far. And for people saying, oh, this is just uh, hating on AEW, there's going to be some criticism on NXT, at least for me, when we get to that segment as well, because I think they were they had some flaws tonight as well. Um, so Hikaru Shida 
and Chris Statlander versus Bea Priestley and Emi Sakura in a women's tag match. I don't care about them. Yeah, I mean, just just don't do it. Just don't have a women's division if you're not going to book it properly. Give us characters. Give us stories. Give us promos. Give us something. Or don't put them out there for so long. So long. You know, uh, introduce them. Have them get their wins. Uh, have the matches be shorter. But you know, um, this would this just went way too long to where I, I just didn't care by the end. I didn't care who won, who lost. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. haven't, uh, yeah, to your point, Glenn, they haven't been uh, really presenting a lot of these women well, except for Britt Baker. Give me her 20. Okay, you want to pull a 15-minute segment? Pull, put Britt Baker in there versus a formidable opponent, and she better go over. Um, like, for now, there isn't episode nine. Your first episodes are incredibly important. You're setting mm-hmm. the table for the fans that have come back to watch wrestling, because make no mistake, there are fans that came back to see wrestling back on TNT and got caught up in that as well and came back to give it a test and sample. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was your chance. Have Kenny Omega look like a million bucks to make Moxie look the way he looks, which they did at first. Um, Jericho as well, that's obvious. But Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, they're the ones that these fans don't know mm-hmm. and now do. And then they see him in losing fashion for these first so many episodes. The mm-hmm. bad idea. You're not... No one's going to give you guys crap because you're what executive VPs and what you're booking yourselves to win. So mm-hmm. what? If you guys suck, that would be one thing. But nobody thinks you guys suck. <laughs> so it's okay in your case to do this. Be this, greedy. The company needs you to be greedy, boys. Right. And this audience, you know, the TV audience, the majority, a big portion of them don't know who they are yet or don't know who they are that well. And by seeing them the first time out, seeing them lose all the time. It just it just hurts the product. So Young Bucks should be winning all the time. Yes. Omega should be winning. And then when they yes. finally lose, it's a big deal. Yes. It's, and I hate to say that what overshadowed this a little bit tonight, JR getting in on uh, some of the cornet action. Read this, read this really quick first. Oh, uh, the Dark OPZ is saying War Games did Britt Baker better than AEW tonight. Hashtag. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That was strong. Yeah, uh, well played. Go ahead, sorry. So Jr. caught himself misspeaking tonight and corrected it. Uh, I think that you know it was a hiccup, but whatever it is, what it I is. Forget. What did he say? He referred to um, uh, why am I blanking on her name? I don't remember. Um, not uh, on Emmy Sakura. He referred to her as Freddie Mercury, the Oriental version, and he corrected himself quickly and said Asian. Yeah. Which I think for AEW, though, um, the pressure is on more so because they've presented themselves as a woke alternative, as a more progressive alternative to other wrestling promotions. Don't you think, though, stopping and correcting it right, Johnny, on the spot, though, kind of shows that? Absolutely. That are watching and that shit ain't going to fly on their show. They'll catch it immediately versus these other companies that will take like weeks on end before they decide to say something. And, and they, they give them credit they, for that. And they only say something because they get caught or, or they get called out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is a legitimate. Oh crap! I, I can't say those types of things anymore. Damn, my bad. You know what I mean? Jr. Yeah. seems like he has better chemistry with Tony Schiavone. He he seems like he doesn't like the product as much when Excalibur's there. And he doesn't seem to like Excalibur. Let's just <laughs> exactly. I think, and I think that just makes him more. Ir- there are times in this, and, and we'll get to it. There are times I, in the show where he just seemed that, like he did not give up. Okay. F. So is that okay? Some of the matches I don't like, I do like. I am entertained by. Jim Ross, um, grumpy old madness, getting annoyed, getting annoyed with Excalibur and his big. <laughs> I I rewind it. Let's do it again. I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I do. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah. That he calls him out on it. He's like, 
you know, dude, stop saying these huge words that wrestling fans probably haven't even heard of. Like, stop. <laughs> you're like friggin' Matt Stryker. Settle down. Um, yeah, it's, it's that with perineum. Uh, that was that was a good. <laughs> between, That's between what them. I rewound it for. Hey, Bob Poor, hello, Jim Ross. Yeah. <laughs> There is Who something is about having the get off my lawn guy watching, you know, <laughs> watching these guys. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting old. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like their commentary team, but uh, he does seem in a better mood when Tony Schiavone's there. <laughs> but it's a fine line, though, because you never want it to become mystery science theater, and they're just essentially making fun of the talent that's in the ring to try and amuse themselves. No, I don't think that's the, that's the point, but JR, I just think he can't help himself with like, certain things. To be fair. Yes. Think about it. You're Jim Ross. You're a hall of fame announcer. You've seen all these great matches that you've helped get over. Let's be clear. He's helped all those stone cold, a lot of those stone cold rather matches, rocks, matches, takers, matches, Shawn Michaels on and on and on. He helped tell those stories. Let's be clear. He's a part of that. And so to go from that to, these kids no selling 59,000 DDTs <laughs> and pop it up doing 10 jumping jacks. Well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, there's a wrestling Paris that's in him, obviously, and he can move with the times he's shown as he can, but by the same token, like how do you just ignore it after a while? If you're being told, be you, mm -hmm. be who you are, call this as you would call it. That is what he would do. That's what I would do even. And I'm, you know, no hall of fame announcer. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would have to whisper after a while. Guys, I'm begging one of you to sell. Like that—that that would. I, 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 there's no way after nine episodes I couldn't get it at once. Well, it's kind of like uh, Joey Ryan, right? I know a lot of people like it, and you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But if I can't act, if I'm on the commentator, I can't act like a, you know, uh, someone selling it is is hurting them, or you know that uh, you know when Ken Shamrock is selling the the penis flip, I. I can't on commentary act like Ken Shamrock's really getting hurt, or there. This is something uh, that it's I enjoy, or I think is. Uh, I think you better. I think your best bet is if that was me on commentary, I'd lay out. Yeah. Good, it, good luck with this, Excalibur. It sounds so much worse when you use the scientific term for it, Raj. The the penis flip. Oh, <laughs> the little general flip. I, I like that a lot. I think that's that's kind of nice. Yeah. LG. The huge erection flip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, Emmy Sakura and Bea Priestley won that via pinfall tonight. Uh, backstage, we got a John Moxley promo talking about how he's blazing a trail. He's Napalm Death as he runs through the I, AEW roster. I, I, I like this. This was good. Short and sweet. Yeah. Moxley, he's yeah. great. I'll, I'll say this about AEW. I feel like they've listened to the fan criticism, even our criticism on this podcast. They're doing more promos now. They're mm -hmm. doing more character work. It's not just about in-ring action. And I think that is really helping the show. You probably had, I mean, you probably had as much promo time tonight as you did on SmackDown. You know? and, and can I say something real quick? This is why it's ultra imperative that guys like Young Bucks Again, Omega, I'll go back to need wins because until they start to tell the story of their characters, because we still don't have that yet. Mm. We have lots of with some of these other people. We don't really have it with all of them yet. Right. So that's why those wins mean even more because, OK, maybe you can't get behind them enough. If you're a new fan, rather, you don't know who the Young Bucks are. You don't know who Omega is. Right. You can at least get behind, holy crap, Jim Ross, Hall of Fame announcer, just that these dudes are like 4-0, 5-0, undefeated, best tag team in the country, or in the world, rather. That lends super 
credibility, credibility, let's try it again, credibility to them big time and, and until their storylines and their characters, I should say, have some more layers to them and we know what they're about and who they are. Does that make sense? Because not all of them have what Jericho and Cody Moxley all have. We know who they are, what their characters are, what they're about. Mm-hmm. Well, a newer fan, I know the unlocks about the, the the newer fans to this show may not. But it's up to the wrestlers too to it is. work more on because you look at MJF, he presents himself like a star. Wait, and... how did I miss that? That's probably the best example, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. He he just carries himself. Everything about him screams star. To where he, his match with Hangman, Pay, uh, we'll get to it. But yeah, it was very average. But he but. comes across as a superstar at the end of that segment. And this is uh, it doesn't the, matter how the match was. There's a lot that's coming up that we're going to talk about that. But one thing I do want to say is when they flashed that win loss record for the women's division. Yeah, tonight it just looked like number soup on there. I mean, no one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but does anyone clearly have? I want to know why Britt Baker's tag team numbers don't move her ahead of this girl who's yeah. four and one. And I think Britt Baker had two, something like that, where her tag team, she's like six and three. Yeah. And I was like, well, why doesn't that get her in for, I don't know. That just doesn't even seem that impressive. But maybe part of that's the WWE mentality where someone's just undefeated until they aren't undefeated. I got, we've got to give them credit, though, because we do want wins and losses to matter. We've been saying it for years. They're going to try to market it. I, I, I like that. But they've still got to figure it out because no one's done it before, really, right? I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. no, nobody. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I, I love the idea. It's just they're beating too many of the top guys and, and to where the records don't seem impressive, to where no one's standing out except for right. you know, Moxley and Jericho. Do you think, though, also it's a way people have selective memory? People praise each of us on this podcast, even, on the times that we're right, right? Like, you called it, you predicted it, but we don't publish a scorecard every week of, like, <laughs> here's the times you were right and here's the times you were wrong. So I think people remember the big wins. I think some challengers uh, for the title, some contenders, would be more credible if you're actually not looking at the record. You're just remembering the hot streak they've been on or the big wins they pulled off. Or like Keith Lee the other night, for instance, uh, what was it, Survivor Series. He did not win, but he got over Yeah. the end of that Survivor Series match, right? Yeah. So instead of focusing on that one loss being in that category, for if we're talking about him, let's say, for example, on AEW, if that all happened on AEW, we should have been focused on the highlight reel they throw. and like, this dude almost won. What a star, star-making moment, blah, 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 blah. That should have been – that should be the takeaway. And that is what WWE tries to do. And that is where a win-loss record on TV and flashing, it could hurt at times. But, again, they're figuring it out. And I still I still say we got to, you know, continue to give them credit for it because they're not backing away from it. They got to, again, I just think it's the wrong people. Badgers Brown. Thank you. Um, <laughs> could you imagine every time you had an argument with a coworker or with your wife, with your spouse, your girlfriend, could you imagine if every time you had an argument you said, I know I'm right, and your win-loss record flash for the times you were right versus times you were wrong it's like I no would one would say, ever believe you she walked out of her i would say it too i swear to god i'd be like oh, I'd me- 50 to zero man <laughs> I, I'd, I'd memorize that you keep like a spreadsheet or it's just all by memory you know there's no way no she could hear that right? yeah. <laughs> one thing this week cody rhodes did say that the win-loss records do reset at the end of the year so uh, in january they're going to reset and that's oh, the current plan. Wait, what? I didn't know this. Say that again. Yeah, Cody said that. Uh, if you look it up, Wrestling Inc., uh, he 
talked about it. He said that uh, the win-loss records in January will reset during a radio huh. interview. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had <laughs> come on. That's hilarious. Whoever did that. Uh, after that, we had Cody make an appearance. Cody versus Matt Nix. Uh, Cody got a quick win via submission here. And after the match, he got on the mic and said, MJF, we don't have to wait. Let's do this right here. But then up from underneath the ring came the blade, <laughs> the butcher, and Allie as the bunny. Commentary. I don't know if commentary made this better or worse, uh, but this was the time when I said, you know, I take back every bad word I said about the Dark Order. That's not the worst gimmick in professional wrestling. Um, I thought this looked so hokey tonight. This looks so terrible. Except one dude had a monocle and respect. I dig the monocle. But still, this was terrible. What's a monocle? Monocle, like Monopoly Man. You know, the little eye people. That that gimmick in the eye is? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was brutal. It sucked. And uh, I mean, I thought after the Dark Order, they wouldn't be doing that, you know. Um, can I, real quick, right, guys, but can I just say one thing real quick? Uh, I get we got to wait to see Cody get his hands on, to get it, you know, serve MJF his comeuppance. I get it. But you've now introduced two new characters by intertwining them in this stuff between Cody Rhodes and MJF, meaning. Well, isn't that the best way to get somebody over by having to go right to the top and work, you know, do something again? Yes, when it's going to be an angle, not when they're not going to have anything to do with that angle. And that's just a way to get them on TV. Mm -hmm. I think that hurts, actually. Yeah, because, I mean, Braxton Sutter and and uh, Andy Williams, uh, who is I'm forgetting which one is, but he's Blade. Who the hell is Andy Williams, though? The Uh, singer? He's been around for he's been wrestling for a long time. What's his other wrestling names? I'm asking. yeah, I just know him from Andy Williams. Uh, uh, Braxton Sutter was Pepper Parks. He's done a lot of indie him. stuff. I, I don't think he's Braxton. I know I like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, not I I'm, not, I'm not excited for him with his gimmick he had tonight, but still. Right. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Like the butcher and the blade and the bunny. That sounds like if you're making a, a wrestling themed uh, episode of some show, and the guy doesn't watch wrestling and is, is you know like making up wrestler names, and that's that's what he would come up with. It's the most generic. Uh, generic uh, crappy you know but people making fun of wrestling that's what they would name wrestlers in in a script so i i I thought this was just a big miss all around but uh those guys are really good once they wrestle uh you know we'll see because it can go he's a really good worker yeah i mean but they say you know you only have one chance to make a first first impression we saw with the dark order it hurt them with that crappy debut Meltdown 142 is blowing my mind. I Googled it. The Monopoly man never had a monocle. It was Mr. Peanut, who's famous for wearing a monocle. Time out. What? I'm positive there's a Monopoly oh, yeah. man card, you know, that you get when you're playing and, and, and when you land on a community chest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that dude has a monocle and one of those damn cards. It might not be the actual Monopoly man, though, who has the, car, the, the monocle. Uh, but, yeah, Mr. Peanut does. Now, they both wear top hats and have canes. No, I know the difference. No, there, there's he. He wore a monocle. I got it here. I got it. <laughs> I googled it. There's literally an article about Monopoly Man never wore Damn. a monocle oh, unless they drew it on. Yeah. No, I see the the podcast thing that looks drawn on. Who knows? Wow, hmm. mine's blown tonight on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, better this this conversation better than that gimmick we saw debut tonight. Uh, and they just 
they just took the Dark Order out of the toilet last week with that yeah. promo. Yes. Uh, tonight's promo, not as good as last week, but still good. Still like good. they've shown, this is how you introduce new characters. I think when you have a surprise like that, it should be a big name. Somebody, everyone's going to go, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, it's because you don't give the fans a chance to hear that, that weird, uh, uncomfortable noise that we heard tonight. Okay. <laughs> I felt bad for those talents. They yeah. looked like they were going to like like a weird, eyes wide shut, sort of BDSM <laughs> costume party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very, unco- and, and not a good one, like yeah. a sad one. Uh, it was very uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, Glenn, to your point, either a big name or you got to be like eight feet tall or really stand out, you know? Yes. Like, That's exactly how it happens. Yep. The debut of a big mon- like what's his name? That was okay. Um, what was the guy that came out with uh, uh, MJF two weeks ago? Uh, Wardlow, yeah. That was that was that was good. Yeah, that was good. But then that should have been it. Nobody else should be touching Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many people beating down Cody Rhodes right now. It's getting kind of comical. <laughs> <laughs> then Pack versus Kenny Omega. Sounds Kenny Omega getting a win. This was a great match. What are we? Really- yeah talking about here this was a freaking awesome match that match was great you know it was what, what do you do here though they put themselves into a corner because kenny cannot have another loss um and and pack rather pop we're going to pop pack um you know still should be damn near undefeated though so what do you do yeah you don't book this match you should book Kenny Omega against someone else That's- and, and pack against someone else and have them both get wins, mm-hmm. even if it's enhancement guys. Yeah. You know, again, you, you're booking everyone to be 50 50, then the win loss records ultimately don't do any good. You know, if you watch football, even if you're not following two teams, if you've got two teams that are, you know, have almost undefeated towards the end of the season, they phase each other, you're watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're watching two teams that have won half their games, lost half their games, it's not near as intriguing. So. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's my take on it. Is this is an amazing match, but this is this. To be fair, this is the same sort of thing we criticize WWE for, where you put someone like Ricochet of the Revival, you know, like Ricochet versus Cesaro, and it's a fantastic match. But why in the heck are they having this match? Why is this still going on? What's the story with it? I know uh, Omega needed to get a win here, um, but yeah, this this feels like a very very good exhibition of wrestling talent and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenny is never. Kenny feels like less of a star right now than in, in years, and I, I feel like they they need to work on that. He does a little bit to himself too. Yeah, he does. He does. He hurts himself at times. <clears throat> and then MJF with Wardlow versus Adam Page, the winner receiving an AEW Diamond Ring. I'm surprised this match didn't go on longer, but I guess it did what it needed to do with MJF picking up the win mm. with the crossroads. Which was a nice touch. I thought. I thought that was a real nice touch. Good attention to detail. Good heat behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was good. Uh, and this is, uh, you know what, Glenn? Th- this that girls' match should have went shorter. Yeah, you know? I absolutely. And it's rare for me to say a women's match should be given less time. But given the state of the division, I would have. I would have skipped having the women on tonight. I would have done two really good promos to build up a big women's match for next week. Yes. I would Rather put, that or have another match. I, I don't think this needed to go any longer because it wasn't really that good. Um, you know, MGF is a great character in the ring. He's, it, you know, he's not, he's good. He's fine. Um, he doesn't need to be great in the ring. Roddy Piper, I can count the number of great matches he had on one hand. Um, it, it, when you've got that personality, you don't need to, 
you don't need to have great in ring work. And Roddy sold the majority of his matches. Like every, every one of most of his matches versus Hogan and whomever, like were a nonstop babyface comeback. Like if you go back and watch, I'm like, damn, it's, it's like backwards. Usually the babyface is supposed to be on the cell, getting sympathy for the majority mm-hmm. of the match. But mm-hmm. Piper would kind of reverse it in a way, and you'd get your money's worth if you bought a ticket. But you didn't really fully get it because he would never do the job. Right. <laughs> He'd get counted out or something yeah. like that. You know, Orndorff would come in and screw everything, you know. Yeah. But anyways, with this, he let's not undervalue him in the ring. Though. Jeff is good in the ring. He's not solid. He's good in the ring, I would say. Um, his, his psychology is good. He, he generally works a body part. But most importantly, the thing I know you care most about, Raj, is he makes you hate him. He, he, you know what I mean? He plays with the fans. He plays with the camera, plays to the camera, I should say. And he uses it all to his advantage in doing the end-all, be-all. Get over. Make us want to pay money to see Cody Rhodes beat his ass. Mm-hmm. And then he puts his finish and move on on one of the guys that we're supposed to like a lot on top of it. You know what I mean? We should hate him even more. Yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of my point is with this match, it, it didn't have a bunch of false, you know, false finishes, a bunch of kicks out, kicking out at two. Uh, right, no flips, no nothing. And he got more over after it. You know, he just he kept building on his uh, uh, on he, his character. He knows how to work. There's a misconception that when we say that term, he or she knows how to work that people nowadays assume that means super athletic, 100 miles an hour do crazy high-risk maneuvers, which are super entertaining to me, by the way. But still, that doesn't mean that person knows how to work, okay? What people know how to work means to get the most out of sometimes doing the less. Less is more in pro wrestling. Yeah. And um, guys that can work, like Jericho is the best example of that. Um, You milk every single moment for what it's worth, every minute for what it's worth even. Mm -hmm. And MJF gets that at 23 or whatever, 20, well, old. Yeah, uh, tw- maybe he's 24 now. I don't know. I can't begin to tell you how crazy that is. What have I always told you guys? As a man or a woman, you got to figure out who you are as that woman and man in real life first. Mm-hmm. Then you get to figure out who you are as that persona and character. Unless they give you, like me, a starter character or a definitive character that you're supposed to be acting and playing. Mm-hmm. Then that's different. But people are like the rock stoke, they're who they are, dialed way the F up. You have to figure out who you are in real life first. I've been telling you guys that for years. This dude's doing it at 23. Yeah. Oh my God. Would you know how crazy he's gonna be at forty? Like the town. Like I can't even imagine how good he's gonna. Be. I think he'll probably be. He could very well be one that he could be like Jericho. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've never felt so old as googling that and realizing that MJF is twenty years and two weeks younger than I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good lord. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, for a kid, this guy's got more confidence than most people I know. <laughs> in the you know late stages of life, and he's also. Oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. yeah, go no, ahead. no, yeah. I mean he's amazing, and and he's also with the old school mentality as far as cutting promos, working on character. He's also working on his physique too. He he looks great. Yeah, he looks God. awesome. I saw him on some still shot. I thought of him like flex, and I was like, I didn't notice that. This week I was paying attention closer attention. Like, dude, he got shredded. Yeah, he he, he looks the part, man. After the match, uh, and Wardlow didn't interfere in that match, distracted Adam Page quite a bit, uh, which contributed to MJF's ability to win. Great dynamic between the two post-match. Diamond Dallas Page came out to the ring to present the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring to MJF. They exchanged words. Uh, MJF put the ring on his finger. 
uh, Diamond Dallas Page went to shake his hand, MJF put his gum in DDP's hand. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they were facing off and then uh, faced off with Wardlow. And uh, yeah, we got just a mini brawl. Referee and securities got involved before really much happened. And this was a great segment. I think, I mean, this is certainly going to be an MJF's highlight reel for the near future, along with his betrayal of Cody. He's just racking up memorable TV moments. I hope they have an idea for this diamond ring because it seems seems so random. Like uh, it totally does. It's it, it's like somebody's friends with a jeweler. <laughs> it, it totally just feels that way. Yeah, it should right. be sponsored by Zales. I mean, or some gimmicky <laughs> thing, you know? Something there, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't get it unless the, unless there's uh, some clever twist coming up that you know that'll it'll all pay off. Now, one thing we didn't mention that was that Justin Roberts was injured in that opening segment, and uh, Dasha Fuentes. Fuentes yeah. uh, took over. That's and true. I, I think they called her Dasha Fuentes, didn't they? Wait, was he injured in real life? No, no, it was just as part of the angle. But Dasha, her real name is Dasha Gonzalez. So Dasha Fuentes was her WWE name. So I, maybe they didn't call her that. And I just imagined it. But yeah. Maybe. Like somebody says, the chat room swears when I referred to the Lucha Brothers earlier. I called them the Blue Chew Brothers. That's on you guys. I did not say that. Yeah. You just heard what you wanted to hear uh anyhow after this segment we got <laughs> dustin rhodes in the ring talking to jennifer decker members of the inner circle got in the ring tried to take down dustin uh matt jackson came out to his defense nick jackson came out and uh yeah setting up a match with the inner circle and the bucks and dustin for next week's episode of dynamite dark order promo tonight we got a look at that same random guy from last week seeing a Dark Order flyer taking the, the, the pull tab from the flyer and going to a group meeting with the Dark Order where we got to see some of the members unmasked. Um, they had elements of last week's promo, similar uh, visuals, imagery. Kind of a, a bit of a balance, right, in terms of... I thought this was good, though. I liked it. I, you know, I would have liked this to have been week three. I would have liked one more promo, kind of like last week's, and then see the meeting tonight. I thought the fact the meeting was in a basement to me just seemed kind of like, okay. Where else would it be? I don't, I don't know. Headquarters? Where would you really want it to be? <laughs> that would have been awesome if it was at a hotel. Like my self-help idea. Like if they were going to like a Tony Robbins seminar at the airport Marriott. Uh, Minor note. That aside, this was good. I'm turning the corner on the Dark Order. I kind of like the gimmick now. I like these videos. Um, they're they're creepy. They're in, they're interesting, and uh, they hold your attention. You got to admit it. They do. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, You don't feel like turning the channel. You're like, what? You know what? It's kind of like it, it, not near as good as the Firefly Funhouse, but uh, kind of similar to that that same kind of reaction. Well, it's the same idea, right? If Bray Wyatt would have debuted his new version of the character. With doing in-ring stuff in the fiend i think without the firefly funhouse build it would have gone over probably the same as the last bray wyatt push not as well so promos man promos can be awesome uh chris jericho defending his aew world championship against scorpio sky in the main event tonight what about it they said it was the match had a 60 minute time limit. If it went, goes over, we're going to go to YouTube. You're going to be able to watch it online. I, I like that bit of misdirection. Uh, I like was, that too. I love that too. It makes it because when it's always ending two minutes right before the show ends, you know, right? It, it makes it seem more like a shoot. 
I think they should do that a couple times where they have it go yeah. to, to YouTube. Yep. So what do you think of the match itself, Matt? Um, well, it served its supposed purpose, right? Yeah. I thought, I don't know. I oh. thought Scorpio could have looked a little... Yeah. I, the only thing is, yeah, I thought that they were going to take this to make him tonight. I really did. But yeah. they're not ready to pull him out of that three-man group yet. It's the only thing I could take from it. I, I, I kind of thought, kind of similar to the MJF thing, that it the match itself was whatever it was, but because Jericho's such a personality um, mm-hmm. that I liked it. I, I was entertained by it. It wasn't a five-star, spe- you know, spectacular or anything like that, but it served, like like you said, Matt, it served its purpose. And Scorpio Sky, you know, he is in a tag team. This is just a quick, get him, get him elevated a little bit, not really bring him up to the, you know, he's not ready for the main event scene yet. Just right. kind of give him a little bit, get him more well-known. And down the line when he is, you know, this is all part of that, you know, make, you know, building a wrestler. That promo, though, he cut on Jericho at the end of that in-ring last week was awesome. Mm-hmm. His confidence he had looking at Jericho and staring him down while he did his promo like that right in his grill. Mm-hmm. That's a main event confident um, yes. promo that he cut. So I was hoping that, oh, wow, maybe this is where they, you know, pull the veil back and get him out of that three-man group and get him into a singles act, maybe. You know what I mean? But then I saw the time limit left and whatnot. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, they're going to job him out. Yeah, pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they built it really credibly where I think, I'm not saying they didn't do right by him, but I think that I expect I expected more for and, him tonight. They're supposed to be reacting. That's what this company, and they do do this, by the way, normally. They do react to current what's happening currently. If something catches fire, their gimmick is that we're going to then push that, whatever that something is. I thought they caught it with that end of that promo when they were goofing around and, you know, going back and forth with setting Jericho up to make it for the title, to make Jericho say, you don't want to title? Fine, you know what? Yeah. It is a title shot. <laughs> all right, yeah. Laughing. But then he stopped all of that um, and got right in his grill and cut, I thought, no joke, uh, a super confident, main event level, confident type mm. of promo that you would see somebody who's generally a main eventer do. Like, he wasn't just staring at him in the eye. He was, like, looking up and down his face, just like, centimeters away and if you go back and you watch like stone cold and rock and stuff like that that's what they used to do to one another the confidence was super strong in them yeah but i'm not I, saying i'm sorry rush uh, and as, as someone in the comments pointed out uh he's scorpius guys come a long way from being herald in the daniel bryan and kane segments you know in those anger managements uh even segments. then the people used to say because i didn't know who he was mm-hmm. and i heard about him that way they're like dude he's really good that's what everyone used to say about him mm-hmm. I think uh, last week, the build and the tease, the build for this main event match, the build for the the thank you Thanksgiving festival night was so good last week. It was almost hard not to be disappointed by the execution of uh, one, if not both. I thought the opening festival, I would I would say, was maybe 80% of its potential for what it could have been. But I thought this main event for Scorpio, I'm not saying he had to win, but I felt like he could have looked a little more competitive in that match. If that's what their plan is, is to yeah. pull him out and make – but that's not the plan. The plan is to keep him in that, that trio. So, mm-hmm. therefore, this is this is okay. Yeah. So this doesn't hurt him. 
we saw the glimpses that we needed to see and that, that they do with tag team wrestlers every once in a while. They give us that little glimpse, that little tease of, oh, that's the one of the group that's going to be a main event talent singles act one day. I'm going to follow yeah. him. Yeah. And then give it six months to a year and maybe we'll get it. And then in every podcast, Raj is going to be saying, you know, like Big E, soon. Soon I, he's going to get a singles run. We're going to turn him heel. <laughs> Big E is the one of that group too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep waiting yeah. on those. And Jake Hager did, you know, he did come out to interfere and help Jericho a little bit. But yeah, it, it was um, it was all about uh, John Moxley coming out at the end. John Moxley, sometimes he has that look, like that Nick Nolte look, like he's just been on a three day bender and he's just stumbling <laughs> to the ring. <laughs> I love that look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we went off the air with that tonight. Him coming down the steps, facing off with Jericho. So I mean. I don't know when we're going to get that match, maybe sooner rather than later, um, but I thought it was a good note to go out on. I mean, make people pay to see that. Yeah, that's a pay-per-view match for sure. Um, make people pay to see that. And it, C- Cody did say their next pay-per-view announcement, they're going to be announcing that in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe next week they announce that's the na- main event of the next pay-per-view and put tickets on sale. Yeah, what do you think, January? Uh, I would I would probably guess February, kind of do it away from the Royal Rumble. Well, I guess they did they did it with Survivor Series this time, so they could. Let's talk about NXT tonight and their follow up to what happened at War Games and Survivor Series over the weekend. Uh, so we opened with uh, with like a curtain call, right, with the entire roster coming out and um, a song. I believe it was the same one um, that that was Josiah Williams, correct? Mm-hmm. And he posted uh, a version of that song over the weekend on Twitter. I really like that celebratory feeling they had coming out. And I thought it was interesting how quickly they cut it off with Undisputed Era interrupting. And Good. saying, hey, yeah. <laughs> but. I don't know. I mean, didn't that feel like a good moment, though, Matt? They were out there in the crowd. They, the full full sale was up. I mean, I thought it opened so big for a full sale show. It was awesome, and it was even more awesome that it got cut off, and they, they used it to get them some steam. I, I thought that was so dicky because that was all of us. I got fish hooked on that. <laughs> yeah, and that was a cool opening segment. I, I really like this one. It was one of the better uh, non-wrestling opening NXT segments, it, or if it's not the only one. I can't remember the last time they started off with a, a segment, at, you know, as opposed to a match. Well, they've had earlier today somebody got attacked. Yeah, but I mean, like with the whole where the whole fifteen minutes is, you know, not a match. Yeah. Uh, so we had undisputed era out there, and then in the ring we had Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Dominic Dijakovic. Cole went on about how the success of the weekend was due to the undisputed era. He says none of you are NXT. None of you are accomplished anything this weekend. The undisputed era is NXT, and because of NXT, it's because of NXT that. Uh, yeah, he was just interrupted by you suck chance during this. I was actually surprised to see him getting so booed inside Full Sail. Uh, Cole calling himself the Iron Man of this brand and that Fish and O'Reilly will successfully defend their NXT tag team titles tonight because that's what they do. And Ciampa then retorted uh, touting the War Games win, saying it's just the beginning of the end for the Undisputed Era. And then uh, we ended up getting a match, but first uh, Finn Balor came out, hit the stage in the setup, Finn versus Ciampa for later in the evening. And yeah, this this was a hell of an opening to have, as Raj said, this was very different. This much promo time tonight. 
huge transition just took place. NXT just got pulled up to the same level as Raw and SmackDown by winning Survivor Series. You know, it should start this way. Yeah. yeah. And not to mention the, the show itself having some momentum after winning last week, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that too, yeah. Beating AEW for the first time. This is the first show after. I don't think it's going to happen again this week, but we'll see. No, hell no. That, that that first, I'm very interested to see that number of AEW this week with the first uh, first half hour rating. Plus also building up to a world title match, I, I think. Uh, I think AEW wins. At least they're going to win huge in the demo. They were trending on Twitter all night. NXT was not. And and the Twitter, I know it sounds oh, wait, silly. What? Wait, what? Uh, AEW was trending on Twitter. It, it trends every week on Twitter. Whereas NXT, NXT often it doesn't. Or some well, or a segment here or there will. I, Bobby Fish trended tonight. Mansoor trended, but not NXT itself. Huh. At least uh, not much. I mean, I'm seeing right now on the trends, it's showing me. Uh, let me find the rankings. Uh, talk about this match, Raj. Um, uh, the tag match? Uh, yeah. The, so it's the tag team title match. Uh, at one point. Uh, Adam Cole was going to the back. Keith Lee, I just pounced him into the crowd. That was the oh most God. insane spot. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen this, go out of your way to look for it. It was, I mean, he pounced Cole into the crowd. I mean, Cole flew over the barrier into the crowd. It was insane. Uh, <laughs> Dijakovic was looking on, and the Undisputed Era got the win. But during the commercial break, uh, Bobby Fish got injured. And so um, mm. when they came back, all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal one of your words, uh, Matt, homeboy, um, <laughs> homeboy stepped in for Bobby Fish. <laughs> Have you guys found that through this podcast, Matt? I found that I'm starting to use some of your lexicon in day-to-day conversation. I'm referring to things as like a nasty spot, saying like homeboy and homegirl. <laughs> yeah. The influence, yeah. man. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> So it started off with Fish and O'Reilly. Uh, I mean, it, it, uh, <laughs> I called someone old. I first was an old girl the other day, and I was like, that? "That, yeah, but yeah, that's like a huge Matt Morganism. That's where yeah. I got it from." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roderick Strong. So anyway, Roderick Strong filled it. So uh, they got the and they got the win uh, after uh, an assist from Adam Cole. But a really good opener, uh, yeah. Dijakovic. Uh, you know, he's he once he pieces it together, once he gets the more of the personality part down, he's gonna he be a it. major star. He will he needs it. I hope they give him the time to mm-hmm. develop it. Yeah. He needs it. I'm looking at the trends. I can't see empirically, but the numbers it's showing me is like NXT, Moxley, Dark Order. So yeah, NXT itself is trending, but AEW has Moxley, Dark Order, uh the even the Butcher the Blade and the Bunny. Um, they have more trends in there. Although, strangely, guys, both of them are getting a lot of competition tonight from the trending Charlie Brown Christmas special and Peppermint Patty. So, wow. See how that affects the ratings. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought, man, that Keith Lee Adam Cole spot, like, if you don't watch anything else tonight, you, ha- you have to see that gif. I retweeted it. Um, a lot of people did. I mean, just Adam Cole just shot into the crowd. It was impressive as hell. So the hopefully we'll have a, an update yeah. on Bobby Fish soon, but he, he was legitimately injured. That wasn't the storyline. Wow. Um, so Undisputed Era still won that match. Tonight retained the NXT Tag Team Championships. 
And then we saw Kathy Kelly backstage with Candice LeRae. She talked about what happened with Dakota Kai, setting up a match with them for later in the evening. And then Shane Thorne versus Mansoor. Uh, Mansoor, this was not his first match on NXT TV, correct? But it's been a while. I thought it was. This this, uh, this wasn't? Isn't this his first one since that, what do you call it, show? The Saudi show yeah. against Cesaro? Thought so. It is. I didn't think he had wrestled on TV before. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe it was on the network. I'll Google that while you talk about this. Okay. Um, no, I thought Mansoor. He shows a, you know he showed a lot of fire. He's, he's got a ton of potential. I thought he looked really good. Yeah, this is all right. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a match itself, it was fine. But I think Mansoor has got a ton of potential. He was on NXT February sixth, uh, and he was defeated in that. So. Yes, this is the first time on network television. Both of these guys I don't care about, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, let's talk about Candice LeRae versus Dakota Kai. They are keeping with the Dakota Kai heel train in full steam. Uh, Tegan Knox tweeted earlier that, like, mentally, emotionally, physically, she needs a break due to Dakota turning on her. Dakota came out tonight with Tegan Knox's knee brace. These two had a competitive match before uh, Dakota got disqualified. How do you think, Matt, they did tonight in serving the women's storylines in particular? I mean, they really stole the show at War Games. They've had an amazing buildup to this, but, you know, felt like tonight, I don't know. They yeah, there's a little fizzle there. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a fizzle here. She should have been in a match in which she just annihilated somebody for 20 seconds, if that, and then got on the mic and said something about what had it what just took place yeah um, that was more important is that we need we hear from her yeah or she just beats the crap out of someone she just attacks someone or you know mm-hmm. yeah just something you, when you just have a big heel turn and have just a long match uh with no story the next night and, yeah it and just kind of took that buzz away and not win more importantly yeah it was long mm. She, yeah, she, she needed a dominant win, like like again a squash match, mm-hmm. and then get on the stick immediately, explain her actions, or or make us wait a little bit. About to talk, about to talk, about to talk. So you all want to hear about what happened? Blah, 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 what was about, why I did what I did? Keep waiting, drop the, <laughs> you yeah. know whatever, some shit, something, and then something. just beat the crap out of her afterwards. Her opponent that she just beat. So, she went to get a skill. Yeah, I, I, someone in the comments is saying you can't bury Candace. Yeah, she shouldn't have wrestled. She Candace shouldn't tonight. be wrestling Candace, genius. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Not you. So, so <laughs> Dakota Kai grabbed a steel chair after, but Rhea Ripley ran down, knocked out of her hand. Fans popped massively for Ripley. She was getting chants while she was checking on Candace LeRae. Uh, we had the NXT Cruiserweight title match. So, so Raj, I almost tweeted. Man, you said there was going to be no more cross-brand action, but Akira Tozawa from Raw out there tonight representing. Raw zone. <laughs> <laughs> the invasion. The invasion continues. What <laughs> <One man> invasion? <laughs> Tozawa invading NXT tonight. <sighs> I mean, good for Leo. I feel, though, man, they're, they're giving him the- these... What's did that? He, really quick, Glenn. Uh, yeah. Raj, did you make that a headline on your site? Like, <laughs> NXT invaded again. <laughs> yeah, Raw invades NXT. By today. top Raw star. No, by top Raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
There's got to be a site out there that's got former it. title holder invades NXT. <laughs> former, former champion. I <laughs> will totally do that. Dude, that's what they do. And they don't do that crap on wrestling, Inc., folks. How about that? <sighs> Sometimes I just need the headline. Just give me the story in the headline. Don't make me read the article and figure out what it is you're talking about. That does us no good. <laughs> I, I fell for clickbait the other day. Uh, Matt, you can appreciate this. You're close to Disney. Someone was like, Disney's Galaxy Galaxy's Edge is closing, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, what? I reread the article. It's like, it's closing down early for a media preview of the new <laughs> ride. And it was like, why did I click uh, the article? Why did I fall for this? <laughs> clickbait again. I like your reaction to it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it got my attention. It was a provocative headline. Um, but no... Look, I love Leo Rush. I think it's great he's getting these matches, these showcases, and the matches yeah. are great. But man, we need a storyline here. Mm-hmm. Has he been talking? No, been no talking? not really. No. And he's a great talker. Yeah. And he's a he can be a super annoying guy, so, as we saw with Blashley. He should be a heel, not a baby face. I was just gonna say, do you think that's why they don't let him talk? Because he is so good at getting heat and he is dicky and do you know what I mean? Does he maybe not know how to? I would imagine. He's that good of a talker. I'm sure yeah. he's not going to baby face promo. Yeah, I'm sure. And he did do that backstage segment with um, uh, Garza. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So the- yeah. Just, yeah, something a little bit more. But uh, this match tonight, and I, I don't want them to run it into the ground. I feel like he's getting so many title defenses. I'm trying to think, what other belts been defended this much on TV in recent memory? Doesn't it seem like he's had quite a few of these? Mm-hmm. Not that it's stuck. Not that it's sticking out to me. I'm sure he has. If you're it, saying it, but I don't notice it. If you're counting Survivor Series, and I guess it's a few, but just NXT, I think this is only second, right? Outside of him winning. Uh, did he <laughs> defend it against Angel Garza before? I don't know. Maybe there was more than that. Uh, I want the best for him. I want them to do more with him. But hey, TV time for Leo is a great thing. After the match, he took the title, got to his feet as the music hits. Uh, he retained here. We had Finn Balor backstage building up the main event tonight with Tommaso Ciampa saying that uh, he's living in his world and it's a dark place. And he talked about taking out Johnny Gargano and Matt Riddle and says tonight it'll be Ciampa's turn. Then we had uh, Zia Lee versus Vanessa Bourne with uh, Lee picking up pretty easy victory. Shayna, Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke came out to watch this match. And after uh, Shayna went into the ring... Uh, or sent the horsewoman into the ring, rather. Lee ended up fighting them. Shayna enters the ring, drops Lee. Lee came back and loaded on Baszler to drop her. Lee fought off Shafir and Duke. And I was really wondering where they were going with this. Shayna started cutting that promo about beating Becky Lynch and Bailey uh, at the same time. Fans were training for Rhea. Rhea came out, uh, you know, said the line I think we all knew was coming that she beat Becky, she beat Bailey, but she didn't beat her. Really setting up the title opportunity, the title match for these two, but in a total tease move, they didn't announce when and where it's going to happen. This is, this is the only thing that really could happen now, right? You got the rocket attached to the girl, uh, Rhea. Yeah. This kind of felt like it had to happen. Well, and it's, it's kind of like Rhea giving the rub to Zia Lee a little bit. Um, you, you think know, so? Kind of. I mean, just her, because Zia Lee, she's getting over. All right. She is. She, she's, um, and I felt like that's why you put Rhea, Lee, Rhea Ripley out there with her, because uh, just kind of add a little extra momentum, show that she's important. 
And I thought that's really all this was. So when do they do it? When do they do this match? Well, it's February, right? Is the next pay-per-view. That's long a long ways. Time. So then that's good. Then they did the right thing here. Yeah. You, you built a long build, you know, when you finally get there. I, there are times when you wait too long, but February isn't that long. You know, it's no. already December in a few days. And they have not told us the date yet. Oh, they and did. February 16th. Yeah, they just said they didn't say. No, they no, said the not date for the for match, takeover. but the pay-per-view. Yeah. No, I'm saying for the match, though, they've not confirmed yeah, that. Right. The match. So this doesn't count as a week as part of the bill, in my opinion. I think once okay. they announce the date of that match, then you start counting that bill, even though this is the precursor of that bill. Does that, if that makes sense? Yeah. And they so probably should. Weeks, it's like six weeks. It's a difference. Yeah. I think they should wait till like January before announcing anything. Otherwise, it could be too long. Exactly. We'll see how they maintain it. Uh, I want to see more story. But that's uh, Matt, what we were talking about earlier. I think they did so much with the women um, and served them so well in the build to this. It's like this This was uh, like the refraction period, uh, to borrow a phrase, a lot of tonight, right? It was like, okay, now we're going to take a moment. We're going to reflect. We're going to figure out where we go next. Sure. A lot just happened, you know. It was an insane week for NXT last week. Whirlwind. We had the – what's that? Whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, a phenomenal week. And maybe that's how I'm feeling about this, is they had such a good week last week, it's almost impossible to follow that up. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping tonight they did. And in certain aspects, they did, right? Beginning of the show was cool, right? Um, some of the matches on there were cool, but I, I do think they made a couple mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, there's no playbook for the territory NXT is in right now. Well, now they're back to NXT. There's no longer Raw and SmackDown. You know, what part of what... Akira NXT, Tozawa invasion? Outside of the Akira Tozawa invasion. You know, last week, there was... there was uh, you, That was one of the hottest shows they had, but you had half of the you know main roster, half of the Raw and SmackDown guys on there. Uh, they're coming off a big win at Survivor Series and, and a hot TakeOver event, but... Um, yeah, now they're back to NXT, and and we'll see where they we'll see where they fall. But it it definitely felt like after that opening segment, it was starting to get back to where they've been. I can that? see this. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, JJB Gaming is pointing out NXT women will be in the Rumble. They've had people in the Rumble. I could see them making a bigger deal out of that this year, and maybe building towards that a bit before really going full get full on the gas to take over in February. Yeah, I can see them saying the same thing as Survivor Series, where it's like this year it'll be. You know, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT in both. And I think it, it, it'll make it more exciting. Definitely. Tommaso Ciampa versus, and I feel bad after hearing Moro say it, I've been saying Ciampa for like three years. Tommaso Ciampa. I say Ciampa too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moro, I just over the weekend, Ciampa, Ciampa, Ciampa. Now I'm thinking Ciampa. Uh, versus Finn Balor tonight. This was a good match. Good match to uh, end the show with. Had a lot going on. Good exhibition. Finn Balor getting the win in this. Um, what do you think? Uh, well, it's kind of a similar question, right? So Adam Cole came to the ring after he was there. He was confronting Finn. Finn took out Cole and Champa again. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same thing. Like, when are they? I could see them almost doing this match on TV, but it, it seems to make sense. This should headline the next takeover. A triple threat. Oh, that's an idea. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Actually, that would that'd be a that'd be great. Actually, yeah, it really it really would. They Champa could take an L, and it wouldn't because what's his name cannot lose still. Finn Adam Cole. I, oh. I just feel he can't lose yet. The belt? You mean yeah? yeah right. You can't lose the belt yet. Am I crazy for thinking that? I know. I mean, put the belt on Finn. I mean, I don't think it does much for Finn unless the plan is to have someone else beat him down the line and they want, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I just feel like Ciampa is, his, I don't think he's going to get bigger off of the win. Eh, he might. I mean, that would that would blow the roof off that place, but I would hold that off until the WrestleMania takeover, mm-hmm. assuming they do win there. I like tonight with him yelling out who's was uh, stomping on Finn, yelling out, this is for Johnny. One, it makes me think of the Outsiders. Two, uh, that I like that this idea of Ciampa and Gargano coming back together. They've been together. No, but I mean, they've been, f- like, friendly, but they, I mean, maybe I as a team. I like Ciampa as a singles act. I think he's more than capable to be a big-time singles act. You know, I I. I, I I'm not a big Gargano fan. I'm not a fan of Ciampa and the tag team. I think he's improved so much. You know, that heel run he had as champion was unreal. Unreal. Silence. He has the only one I've seen walk through that arena and get legit heat with those NXT fans. That is not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, So Keith Hellebrand asking, how long does Cole hold the title for? I think WrestleMania takeover and have Ciampa beat him. I could see all of Undisputed Era losing their titles in one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was NXT. That was AEW Dynamite. As we talk about it, maybe it's just because this is like our fifth podcast in six days. <laughs> Well, and you know what? None of the shows in the in that period have been bad. There's been, no. This is really good. Yeah, to, to, the fact that I thought this was, tonight's NXT was fine, but that just shows like how good this week has been because it actually it was still a good show. I, I would say last Wednesday to tonight, I'm including AEW in this. This has been like the best seven day period of wrestling in terms of consistent quality in recent memory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Raw. I thought Raw was good. Uh, th- yeah, this was good. SmackDown was better than usual. Survivor Series was better than I expected. Takeover, yeah, I agree. AEW was good. Mm-hmm. Even though I thought it was one of the weaker episodes, that just shows how good their shows have been, in my opinion, because I thought it was freaking still really good. Gentlemen, <laughs> Paul, now you can go to sleep, Matt. Please. <laughs> so Thanksgiving, how, how late do you sleep in on Thanksgiving Day? Can't I get up early with... Uh... Oh, that's right. Parenting. And we go, no, we go downtown and uh, we feed a, a homeless. Oh, um, that's very nice. It's my first time taking Jackson with us. This time. Oh, nice. Very cool. That's fantastic. Uh, and let's run through these news items real quick. Um, Corey Graves was not on. I mean, uh, Mauro Ranallo was not on tonight. He was supposed to be. Uh, they mm-hmm. had announced that he would be, you know, that that tweet that Corey Graves had sent over the weekend. Now, Corey is kind of saying uh, that it was meant to play off of the brand versus brand versus brand deal. And he was going to joke about it with Morrow at the survivor series. And obviously, you know, I, I think most people that saw that tweet didn't take it as a, 
as a build for Survivor Series. Was very good, quick thinking on Corey's part, though, to try to say that. <laughs> that is pretty quick thinking. You got to give him credit for that. But ain't yeah. nobody buying it. Yeah. Uh, he apologized as well on his podcast. He, he's... <laughs> Sorry, it's just just shitty, shitty defense. It's like like you have like your friend or, or like your wife call you out on something. You're like, oh no, hon. I was sometimes I do this character, then the character's an asshole, but I do it to be funny. I wasn't being real. Yeah, it's just that's yeah. that's weak, Corey. Yeah, no points there. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Corey said. Uh, this past Saturday during takeover, I sent out a tweet. It was an unpopular opinion, and as often I do with the intention of just stirring up a little controversy, maybe have some something fun to talk about on TV here or on the show. It was maybe not the most professional way to go about doing things, and it was never meant to offend or disrespect or disparage anybody. That was never my intention. It, if it was taken as such, I apologize deeply. That was not my intention. I would never intentionally cause anybody undue stress, especially a co-worker, so I apologize. So uh, there you go. Uh, they said well, that his apology. Yeah, they said Ronaldo will be back next week. Were you guys paying attention to Tom Phillips on NXT tonight? No, he was there. I thought actually he was good for Beth. Beth got a little more time to shine. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see. They're they're saying uh, Morrow will be back next week, but uh, his Twitter still deleted. Uh, he's clearly yeah. still upset. And uh, there mm. we go. Also, we backstage have... WWE backstage last night. No CM Punk uh, this week. Uh, they did have Triple H call in. Uh, mm -hmm. Only did 121,000 viewers, so down 33% from last week, which did 180,000. Um, this show is just, it's, with you know, Punk adds some interest. Without Punk, it's just dying on Tuesday nights. They got to move it to, like, after SmackDown on FS1. I still um, like it. I, I, I do watch it, and I like it. I watched the one with Hunter, and they were talking, like, they completely break kayfabe on it. Mm -hmm. Completely. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, 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 I like it. Yeah, I, I do too. When I do watch it, I find it easy to sit through. I really like the episode that Punk was on because he was giving, you could tell he was giving his real opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but it, that time slot just sucks. Yeah, it does. Tuesdays at 11 on, on FS1. You do it right after SmackDown. You can promote it off on SmackDown. Just to, you know, switch over to FS1. Their, FS, you know, their Friday night ratings aren't good anyway. Mm -hmm. so, anyway. What else we got? Uh, that is it. Quickly, because I forgot to mention that I watched this over the weekend. If you are a wrestling fan, and if you're watching this podcast, I know you are, and you're looking for a movie to watch with your family this Thanksgiving, I watched The Peanut Butter Falcon over the weekend. And I have to say, it's been a long time since I've seen a film with that much charm or that much heart. Mick Foley has a small role in it. Jake the Snake Roberts has a small role in it. It was absolutely fantastic. It's perfect for watching with your family. Definitely wanted to make sure to promote that to our fans here tonight because as a wrestling fan and a fan of just quality cinema, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going to be checking out The Irishman. Or the Irishman. You're going to watch that with your kids? Well, maybe not with the kids. I'm watching that tonight. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a long I, one. You, you, haven't, you guys are looking at me blank. You haven't heard about this movie, Peanut Butter Falcon? <clears throat> it's about a uh, young man with Down syndrome who escapes the home he lives in and befriends Shia LaBeouf. And, oh, I have heard about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He wants to be a wrestler. That's his dream. He's a fan of this wrestler, the Saltwater Redneck, who he watches this old VHS tape of. And it's like this little buddy road movie where they're going to the Saltwater Rednecks wrestling school. It was so charming. That's um, in theaters, right? They sent, uh, they sent us a bunch of stuff for it, the, the, the theater. I mean, the, and, uh, the production company. 
and it's available now. It's available. Uh, and the the main actor, co-star, actually has Down syndrome. It was his dream to be in a film. He does a hell of a job. But yeah, if you're looking for something to watch with your family, it's got a bit of a wrestling bend to it. Highly recommend this this Thanksgiving. Uh, he is at BP Matt Morgan. He's at Rajgiri underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubinson on Twitter. Greatly appreciate a follow. I'm not going to be here Friday, Monday, or next Wednesday. But stay tuned. I think Labar's filling in. I'm filling Raj. in Friday. And yeah, Justin will be filling in, I think, on Monday. Excellent. Or he might not. It might just be me and Matt. So, Cool. Well, everyone, have a great Thanksgiving. From all of us here at the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, thank you for spending your Thanksgiving Eve with us, and we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.